Hello, everybody, and welcome to Random Acts of Self. This is your host, Samantha, and today we're going to talk about boundaries. Okay, so when we talk about boundaries, let's start by defining that. Boundaries are limits that you have decided on to help give yourself and others a framework of what is and is not acceptable in terms of how they treat you or come into your space and so forth. So some examples of boundaries would include things like not answering work emails or phone calls when you're not at work. Like I got off at five, do not call me at 6.30 wanting to talk about work. I'll, I'll talk to you tomorrow. And the same goes for people on vacation. Just don't bother me when I'm not at work. That's a boundary. It's how you allow people to speak to you. So those of you who are parents, what tone of voice is acceptable for your kids to use with you and what tone of voice is not acceptable? So there's that boundary. Whether or not your roommate can help themselves to your coffee or other things around the house without asking when they run out. Is that okay with you or do they need to ask first? That's a boundary. Uh, it's whether somebody can stop by your house without calling first. How long are you willing to listen to a friend complain about their shitty life on the phone or in person before you need to change the topic or like, okay, enough. I don't want to hear any more of this. It's kids telling your kids, and my mom used to do this, don't ask for anything when we go to the grocery store. Do not ask for anything. You're not getting anything. That's a boundary. Don't ask for anything when we go to the grocery store. I'm big on tone of voice. So I had, that's a definite, definite boundary for me. I had a, I had a boss at my old job before I worked for myself. And we all worked with people who were developmentally disabled. So autism, Down syndrome, things like that. And I had a boss there and I don't know why she thought it was okay to yell at people, but she must have thought they were her children. And she yelled at a coworker of mine and I told my supervisor, you better tell her don't ever talk to me like that or you're gonna get something back that you don't like because I'm, I'm really good at yelling back and cussing. I'm a cussologist. I have a PhD in cussing. <laughs> I wish that was really a degree because I would have nailed it when I was very young. If you need a cuss word made up for you, let me know because snaggle twat is just waiting to be used somewhere. <laughs> but seriously, though, so I told my supervisor, like, you, you really need to tell this boss, like, if she has a problem with me or anything I do, don't ever approach me like that. That's a boundary of mine. Do not yell at me. You're not my parent. Um, and I wouldn't even let my parent yell at me either. So that's that's a very hard limit of mine. Those are boundaries. And, and maybe you're okay with being yelled at. It doesn't, like, really affect you. Your boundaries don't have to be the same as anybody else's. So it's a, it's a very personal thing. And one of the things that a lot of people do with regard to boundaries is that they're not clear in the boundaries because I think that a lot of people don't know why having boundaries are so important. And they're important because they help to ensure that you're treated in a way that's acceptable to you. Treat it in a way that doesn't disrespect who you are as a person, doesn't cause mental strife. You go home all stressed out and worried and just, ugh, just all the negative feelings, you know? So it helps to 
and keep others from invading your physical and emotional space in a negative way. Furthermore, it gives you a basis from which to decide who to keep around, who to keep at a distance, and who to just get rid of. Because if somebody can't respect your boundaries, that's a problem, right? So for example, I have a strong boundary of not letting people show up at my house uninvited and unannounced. I don't care if you call me and you're like, hey, I'm in the neighborhood, can I come over? Yeah, no problem. But do not show up at my house. I wanna put my eyebrows on and I should probably put pants on before you come over. <laughs> so so don't, don't show up uh, unannounced and don't bring somebody I don't know. I've had my makeup stolen out of my bathroom way too many times to let people in my house that I've never met before. Also now with COVID, there's just a whole other layer of that as well. So that's my boundary. I And also I just might not f feel like being social. Uh, I work at home, so maybe I'm working, maybe I'm doing homework. It doesn't matter really why I have the boundary. It's my house. Don't show up unannounced. And it's really simple. And, and if you can't do that, then I know that you're not respectful of my wishes, my home, and who I am as a person. So you see how the boundary helps you to determine who really considers your feelings, who, who cares what you think and how you feel. And people who respect your boundaries, that's, that's a good sign that you've got, you know, at least a somewhat decent person in your life, right? So boundaries is also one of the ways that you tell people how to respect you and how you communicate that you respect, love, and value yourself. Because people are going to treat you however you let them. So if you don't value yourself and you don't set boundaries, and I'm not saying everybody's like this. There are people that you don't have to set boundaries, but because they're just so well-behaved and understanding of others, they would never do anything that would go past your boundary. But it's still, we all have boundaries and we all have to set them. It's really, really important. So... Remember that boundaries help establish your identity. It's who you are. Your boundaries are part of who you are as a person, and it establishes autonomy. It protects you from burnout because people, you know, like if you are, if you go home from work, you need to, you, you were there eight hours, 40 hours a week. Jesus Christ, that's almost a third of your life. And so when you get home, if people are bothering you at home with work stuff, Obviously, if you like that because, you know, it, it, you're enthusiastic about it, it makes you feel good, then you don't have to set that boundary. But you don't want to get burned out that you're at home, but you're still at work, too. So you see how that can help? It can um, help protect from resentment. So a friend, okay, for example, I'm just going to use a personal experience for this. My mother will call, and for the last at least five years, every time I answer her call, She's bitching about something in her life, and her life is pretty easy compared to a lot of the people that I know. And she's just got to bitch about something every effing time. It's never like, hey, you know, how's your day? What are you up to? Uh, guess this. Guess what great thing happened to me? Nope, it's always her problems. And what happened was I was starting to get resentful. So I had to create a boundary. I had to just quit talking to her for a while because I. here's the thing with boundaries. Uh, and we'll get to this in a minute. How do we establish boundaries? I established a boundary with her and she didn't respect it. So now I can't talk to her very often. And that's okay. If you have to do that, that's okay. 
But also I was I was angry because it's like, ah, oh, Jesus, effing this again. And if I didn't answer the phone, she would call right back. So setting boundaries hopefully helps prevent the burnout, the resentment, the angry, the anger, hurt feelings. Because, um, you know, I, I knew a girl that was heavy set, and I'm heavy set too, and I don't really care if people make fat jokes. I mean, usually they're pretty funny, as long as they're not meant to be hurtful or insulting. But she is so sensitive about her weight that it kind of messes with her feelings. So, you know, her boundary is don't tell me fat jokes. Okay, not a big deal. So you can see how boundaries can give other people, I call it a framework, they give other people a framework of how they can treat you and what way, what things are acceptable. See what I mean? Now, I, I know a girl who's vegan. And so her boundary is that if you're going to cook meat, please don't invite me to dinner. She can't stand the smell of meat. She doesn't like the taste. She thinks it's horrible to kill animals to eat. I eat meat. So I disagree with that, but I respect her boundaries. And I think they're pretty cool that she has enough passion about something to set those kind of boundaries up. It means that she respects herself and her beliefs and she values her beliefs and she stands by them. And that's great. So boundaries equal awesome. Some people have a lot of boundaries and some people have very few. And like I mentioned earlier, boundaries are going to be personal to you. So there's no right boundary or wrong boundary. And other people don't get to tell you what your boundaries are, by the way. So for example, I mentioned earlier, I'm a cussologist. I wish I could get paid to cuss. It's fun. And so if you cuss around me, if you say any cuss word around me, it's not going to phase me whatsoever. So I don't have a boundary about cussing. Now I have a friend and she was abused by her ex and he used to call her the C word a lot. So her boundary is please don't use the C word around me because it triggers me and the abuse that I went through and I'm still not over that yet. All right, cool. I have a friend who's in recovery. She was an alcoholic and um, she, it was really, really cool because she gave me her three year coin that she got from AA and I keep it, I'm looking at it right now as a matter of fact. And so she doesn't even need to tell me what the boundary is because I know that she's in recovery, but other people may not know that. And right now, if she's around and you're at a barbecue and someone's having a beer, no big deal. Some people drink, I don't. But when she first started out and you're still struggling with the cravings and the addiction, then one of her boundaries had to be like, don't come around me with alcohol totally understandable. So sometimes our boundaries are, they have to be very strong because of something we're going through. Other times they're just like, yeah, I'd prefer you don't do that. It can be kind of, and your boundaries can be flexible. For example, you can, you know, what a stranger can say to me is different than what a friend or a family member can say to me because I know one of them better. So boundaries are flexible. They're totally up to you what your boundaries are. Try to be reasonable because if you set too many boundaries, people not, might just not want to be around you. Maybe you like that. <laughs> and that's okay if you do. But, but try to be reasonable with your boundaries. So we know what they are. We now know that they're important. 
we know now that they're personal. Nobody gets to tell you what yours are. But how do we do it? That's always the, the hardest part for most people. Like, okay, I want this person. I want my mother to stop calling me and bitching about her problems all the damn time. So how do I set a boundary? Well, there's two main ways to do this. The first is more passive. It's how do you carry yourself? So for example, how do you dress? How do you talk? Remember I mentioned earlier, you can cuss around me because I love cussing. And if you come up with a cuss word, I don't know, ah, high five to you. So for me, my language indicates to other people around me, oh, she cusses. It's okay for me to cuss too. She tells off-color jokes. It's okay for me to do that too. So essentially what you're doing when I say it's about how you carry yourself, you're kind of modeling to other people how they can respond to you based on how you behave. See what I mean? So what is your tone of voice? What is your language? And how do you behave toward others? So if you're the kind of person that when you get angry, what you do is you be very calm and you talk to people, you try to explain your point of view, you kind of have a discussion with them. Well, you're modeling how you want people to deal with you if they disagree with you or if they're angry with you. You're kind of leading by example. So in psychology, we call that modeling. It's when, you know, because you can tell your kids, oh, don't smoke cigarettes, excuse me. But if you're smoking, you're modeling a different behavior than what you're telling them. So a lot of times people will follow your lead. There was an interview that I read with famous rock star Marilyn Manson And someone told him, act like a rock star and you'll be treated like one. And he said it worked for him. And I've heard this said by a lot of people, behave in the way you want to be treated. And it kind of sets the bar for what is acceptable. If I was the type of person that never cussed and I didn't even say hell or damn, it was like, oh, dang it. Oh, golly gee. Not making fun of anybody who uses those words, by the way. I always think it's cute when people do. But if that was the way I talked and then somebody came at me with a filthy, trashy mouth, I could say, hey, I'm not into that. And I would have modeled that first. A lot of the time, people won't even cuss around you if they don't hear you doing it as well. So you're just kind of setting the example by not explicitly saying it, just living in the way that you want to be treated in return. The other way that you can do it is through explicit verbal communication. And an example of this, I have friends that are in every possible demographic group in existence. And if if there isn't one, well, then I want to meet someone from that group. So a guy was dating at the time, his mom said the N-word. That's a offensive word to most people. And I didn't like that she said it. It was not fair in the context that she used it, not to say that it's ever fair, but the way she did it was just, it was bad. Not only did you use the word, but you used it in a way that made it even worse. And I had to explicitly correct her. Now, I never used that word around her, so I don't know why she thought it was okay to use it in front of me. So in that case, modeling didn't work and I had to be explicit. And I said to her, I said, hey, I find that word really offensive. You know, I have people that I consider family that are black. A lot of my friends are black. 
you know, very not cool. That's, that's really not okay at all. And that was good enough. She's like, oh, okay, you know, I'm sorry. And she never used that word around me again. And I appreciated that because she respected my boundaries. So sometimes you have to say, hey, kid, let's say your kid is using a tone of voice with you that a kid shouldn't be using to their parent. You correct that. Hey, that's not okay. Don't use that tone with me. Take your voice down. So sometimes you have to be explicit. And I'm not saying you have to be bold and snap at somebody because that's not always the right way to handle it. So there are times where, you know, you can be just very gentle, like, hey, hey, hey. Okay, for example, my boyfriend, he's addicted to this phone game. Not a real addiction, but, you know, he's he's very into his gaming. And so we went to a friend's birthday party. And he pulled out his phone, started playing his game, and I just kind of tapped him and I said, hey, not here. It wasn't appropriate. So I set a boundary of behavior for how we were going to be while we were at this birthday party. It wasn't the right place to pop out a video game and start playing it. So you can be very gentle, you can be very matter of fact, and sometimes you might have to be bold. So what do you do when somebody won't honor your boundary? Well, sometimes just reminding them a few times can work because people often behave in ways that they don't, they don't realize they're behaving that way. So sometimes a couple of reminders has a tendency to work. If not, then you might want to reconsider this job, this friendship, who you're hanging out with, things like that. Reconsider it because you have a right to have reasonable boundaries respected. And remember, the keyword here is reasonable. There are some unreasonable people out there right now. Don't be one of them. But seriously, reasonable reasonable boundaries. Hey, the N-word is offensive to me. I'm going to ask that you don't use it in my presence. And if I have to remind the person a couple times, all right, cool, not a problem. But if after that, they're basically like, screw you, I'm just going to be this way. Okay, you you have a right to be that way if you want to. But then I'm going to make the decision that either I'm not going to be friends with you. And that's what I did in this case. Maybe just distancing yourself from somebody, keeping them, you know, keeping things friendly, but we're not going to go to lunch anymore. I had to do that with somebody I knew who liked to complain about her problems. And so we would go to lunch and we're two ladies with a lot of things in common. There's a lot of things to talk about, but interestingly, the conversation always took the turn of her problems and her wanting me to be her therapist. And that's not what I'm in the friendship for. So I had to remind her of it a a few times and I think she just couldn't help herself. That's just kind of how she was. Some people are complainers, right? So that's okay. She's a nice person. It's just this one thing that's really annoying. So we're still friends, but we don't go to lunch anymore. And it just is what it is. So sometimes you're going to have to distance yourself from people. Now, there's also something called extinction. So extinction is when, uh, for example, let's say you have a kid and every time your kid wants a cookie, they throw a temper tantrum. And, you know, to make it easier on yourself, you give them the cookie. Okay, well, now the temper tantrums become a problem. And you decide, you know what, we're not going to do that anymore. When you want a cookie and I say no, you throw a temper tantrum. Oh, well, I'll put you in your room 
and you can stay there till you get over it. So your kid eventually gets over it. They eventually stop doing the behavior. But what happens sometimes when you change a behavior or when you set a boundary, the person will be cool for a while and then they'll violate that boundary again. All of a sudden the kid will throw a temper tantrum one day because you said no to a cookie. Even though they haven't done it in three months, they kind of snap back. That can happen with boundary violators. They can be cool for a while, like, okay, okay, don't use the N-word around Samantha, that's not cool. And then they lose themselves, they forget themselves, and then use it again one day or think it's like okay in that situation. And you got to catch that. You can't let that go. So you have to call out the boundary violations when they happen. So if someone were to come to my house without calling, I wouldn't even answer the door. <laughs> I'll be sitting right in front of the window looking. I'm like, how you doing? Maybe you should have called before you came over. Maybe I'll answer the door. You know, you can tell them, okay, well, you know what? You keep showing up without calling. Now you're not allowed to come over anymore. So boundaries give you a place where once you hit a certain point, this is my boundary. Anything beyond this is unacceptable. So it kind of helps you to determine when you need to say something to a friend. Do I say something? Do I not say something? Well, when you set a boundary and it's a definitive boundary, do not use the N-word around me. Do not come to my house without calling me. Then anything beyond that, I mean, it's, it's clear, it's concise. Anything beyond that, you have a right to get upset. So if somebody comes to your house without calling after you've told them repeatedly not to, then you can say, hey, what the hell is wrong with you? Like, what part of do not come to my house without calling do you not understand? And then you can determine at that point where you want to go with this person. So let's say that you change that behavior. You teach somebody, do not come over without calling. Sometimes, and not all the time, but sometimes what will happen is that extinction, right? So you ex the, the behavior is extinct. But then what happens is one day they show up without calling. Well, I thought it'd be the, okay this one time because I was already in the neighborhood. No, it's not okay this one time or any other time. So you got to stick to those boundaries. Don't let people push your boundaries or violate them. You see what I mean? Don't let your significant other or your children talk to you in a tone of voice that's not acceptable. Catch it every single time. And then if they keep doing it, well, then you have a boundary violator. And that's pretty damn rude. That's rude. This is a person that doesn't respect you. Why not? Do they just not respect anyone? Do they not think you're serious? It doesn't even matter at that point. They're not respecting your, you. By not respecting your boundaries, they're not respecting you. They're not valuing you. That tells you a lot about the person, doesn't it? Is that a person that should be your best friend? Is that a person that you really want to work with? Probably not. Now, on the other end, are you a, are you a boundary violator? You know, we talk about us as it relates to other people and how they treat us. But one of the things that we also have to look at, we're not the only one who has boundaries, right? So when I go to your house, maybe your boundaries are take your shoes off before you come in. I'm going to respect that. And if I don't, well, I need to look at my own behavior, don't I? Because I'm being rude. I'm not respecting your home and your wishes. Maybe you, maybe you just redid your wood floor. I have wood floors. Do not bring your shoes in here, <laughs> especially not in the winter where we have salt and all that melting snow and crap. So 
I want to respect other people's boundaries as much as I want them to respect mine. And why do we respect other people's boundaries? Well, because we respect them as a person. We value that this is how they live. And it might be, your values might be different than mine. Maybe you walk across your carpet with your muddy shoes on. Chair carpet, that's your right. But don't come to my house and do it. So even though your boundaries are different than mine, I still have to respect your boundaries as well. So what happens when we can't respect somebody's boundaries? When somebody's boundaries are, like I mentioned earlier, they're unreasonable. Or what happens if someone else's boundaries go against your own beliefs or your own boundaries? So for that, I would just recommend trying to stay away or minimize contact in the area where there's a problem. So for example, I mentioned my vegan friend who doesn't want to be around meat. She doesn't want to smell it. She hates the thought that people eat it, etc., etc. I respect that, but I also eat meat. Now, I eat ethically sourced meat because I hate animal cruelty, and some meat producers have employees that are known to engage in animal cruelty. So I don't buy from those places, but I am going to eat meat. Well, she's the type that wants to tell you every time you eat meat that you shouldn't do that, and here's why, and it, it's kind of a lecture. And that's okay because, you know, that's how she feels, but I don't want to hear it at lunch or really any other time, right? I already know this stuff. So she and I don't go to lunch together. We're friends. We'll hang out. We'll go do stuff. But we don't have lunch together because I don't want to hear a lecture and I want to eat meat without somebody trying to guilt trip me into it. And she can't seem to respect the meat boundary. She's pretty good at all other boundaries, but not so much the meat boundary. So we don't go to lunch together. That's it. I just limit that one part of the contact. So you might, you know, come across that several times in life. And sometimes you're just going to have to compromise and work with it. But I like to tell you to compromise as little as possible in that area because if it's an important boundary, like to my friend, the eating meat thing, that's important to her. So she's not flexible on it. There are other boundaries, you know, that eh, she's not so strong on. So it really kind of depends on you. How, how important is this boundary to you? How flexible are you with it? I'm very flexible with some boundaries and not at all with others. So what's, you know, what's the situation? Who are you dealing with? Can you minimize contact in only one area? Just not go to lunch with that person, but otherwise everything else is good? Or do you have to get rid of them altogether because everything they believe in conflicts with everything that you believe in and every boundary that you set for yourself. And it's okay to do that. And it doesn't have to be rude. You don't have to cut people out of your life in a rude way or, you know, say nasty things to them or talk bad about them. You just, you know, don't call them like you used to and you don't hang out. And, you know, if they ask you about it, then just tell them. You know, my friend, she asked me, you know, why I didn't want to go to lunch with her. And I said, well, because I feel uncomfortable eating meat around you due to your beliefs and you're not flexible enough in them to just sit there and be cool while I eat meat. So I'll hang out with you. Like we'll go to tea. We can, you know, do other things, but I just don't want to have, I don't want to have dinner with you because I like meat. Um, and she was really cool. Much to her credit, she was really cool about it. Some people might get their feelings hurt. That's their problem. You know, as long as you're coming from a place of kindness and you're being respectful to people and you're not trying to hurt anybody's feelings, well, sometimes, you know, people don't like, that people feel rejected sometimes. And none of us want to feel rejected. That feeling pretty much sucks. 
So I get why that would upset some people, but that's their problem, not yours. If you need to have these boundaries and they're important to you, then you know what you keep them. And if people don't like it, well, they can decide how to deal with that on their own. You're not responsible for everybody's feelings and thoughts, and you're not responsible for making everybody feel better. That will be a podcast one day. So, you know, minimize contact, distance, limit which situations that you have contact with them in, so that way you can respect each other's boundaries while also not having your own boundaries stepped on. Sometimes it gets complicated. I think it sounds more complicated in this podcast than what it really is because I've not had to deal with some of these situations a lot a couple times in my life. I'm 44, so that's not too bad. And if you have good friends and you're surrounding yourself with good people that love you and care about you, boundary issues shouldn't be a problem too often. At least I hope not. And if they are, let me know. I'm at samdonnelly.net. That's my life coaching. Feel free to contact me there, set up some coaching, and maybe I can help talk you through it. In the meantime, uh, we're going to be on Spotify and a bunch of other podcasting platforms very soon. A lot of them require you to have a certain amount of episodes. The next episode will be number five, and that's where Spotify says, okay, come on in. So I am working on building everything up so that you can access the podcast a little easier. For now, you can listen on Podbean or even easier, randomactsofself.com. I've got the player right there for you. You can access everything in one place. And if you have questions or show ideas, please, please, please send me an email at podcast at randomactsofself.com or send me a message on Twitter privately or just tag me and let me see it. Until next time, be well and enjoy your day.